Hi, and welcome back to The Intersection. In this episode, we make it into the 21st century. We look at Australia around the time of the Tampa incident of 2001, the war on terror, a rise in xenophobia, and a backlash against First Nations people's claims for justice. Some may call it Howard's Australia. In 2003, Sydney hip-hop group The Herd released a song called 77% that laid out the divisions of that era in the most emphatic of ways. We will hear that track and look at it in depth. Now there is a language warning in this episode. Most of the colourful language will occur in the song by The Herd which we will play in just a few minutes time. Now we don't wish to offend anyone but at the same time we could not edit this track as it is very much in context with the episode. But if you really don't want to hear a smorgasbord of four-letter words, maybe skip forward six or seven minutes. So let's get to it. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are advised that this episode may contain voices of people who have died. The Australian Coast Guard comes and does a little loop, another little circle overhead and disappears. And then some of the women downstairs donated their headscarves, we tied them up and we used engine oil to draw the letters SOS onto the sheets and we just kind of laid it out on the, on the top deck. And a couple of hours later, that same plane comes, does a little loop, and now it's our call to rescue is, you know, you cannot ignore it. That plane finally issues the mayday call. And then in the late afternoon, we see across the horizon this small dot coming closer and closer. We realise this thing is a giant container ship and it's coming directly for us. And it turns out to be the MV Tampa. Seventy-seven percent of Australians um, agree with John Howard's actions on the Tampa. What happened to the others? The thing is to use military force uh, against the refugees, isn't that uh, a little overkill? A spokesman for the line that owns the ship says Australian SAS troops are in danger of breaking the laws of piracy. Undoubtedly, this is the most popular decision as far as the Australian public are concerned the government made during its reign. The captain, before entering Australian waters, yet sent out a distress signal. Clearly our solution was, um, well, it wasn't only farcical, it was, um, it was immoral. I wish that this problem were not out. That was the opening section of a song called 77% by Sydney hip-hop group The Herd. We'll hear the rest of it shortly. On its release in 2003, it got widespread airplay on the ABC's Triple J and community radio, but not without controversy. The song takes aim at the 77% of Australians who supported the government's refusal to allow refugees who came by boat from landing on the Australian mainland. It brings up the weird reality that the contemporary Australian nation-state, a nation that was founded by people arriving on boats and dispossessing the First Nations people, gets very antsy about other people arriving on boats. And then there was a certain word in the chorus which Triple J allowed to be played unedited. That one really got some notice. Nonetheless, at year's end, Triple J's listeners voted it at number 48 on 2003's Hottest 100. The protest song, as a subject, has an immeasurably long history. It is defined by the Cambridge Dictionary as, quote, a song that expresses disapproval, usually about a political subject. Australia has a long tradition of the format and there has been some particularly powerful Indigenous protest songs. (laughs) 
In many ways, the Herd's 77% fits in with the long tradition of Australian protest music, yet in other ways it's really quite different. This song does not just lay out the problem and protest it, it gets personal. Even a little unhinged. It conveys a sense of being adrift in a community in which one is simultaneously enmeshed yet utterly isolated from. There's not only anger but some self-loathing in there as the MC tells us he wants to scrape the skin from his face. And it has a hook line which once heard cannot be forgotten. This may be the most powerful protest song by a non-Indigenous Australian band. We've heard the first part of the song, now let's hear the rest of it. I wish that this problem were not ours. country needs a fucking shake up wake up these cunts need a shake up wake up these country needs a fucking shake up wake up these cunts need a shake up wake up this country needs a fucking shake up wake up these cunts need a shake up wake up this country needs a fucking shake up wake up talk back squawking hacks won't relax until jonesy's a manic and laws are all acts 77% of Aussies are racist If you're here, I'll say it to your faces Rich redneck pricks still hold all the aces I'll buy you a beer with an arsenic chaser Better off dead, is that what I've said? Tempting to take for all the blood you've shed No doubt you're as bad as your dads and your mums Mainstream media making me so fucking glum Anglo reality, intellectual cavity Channel 9 bossery, prejudice mentalities I won't be a casualty, just mention casually I can't stand for your shit-eating bullies Praying on peeps without a mainstream most you stay silent, but I got no choice. Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up, these cunts need a shake up. Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up, these cunts need a shake up. Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up, these cunts need a shake up. Wake up, this country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up. Well, I've yelled my lungs out, but to no avail. Well, I've yelled my lungs out. But to no avail Well I've yelled my lungs out But to no fucking avail But you're a stranger yourself Now that's the sting in the tail Captain Cook was 
was the very first Q jumper It was immigrant labour that made Australia plumper Enough is enough, whiteys go back and stuff Don't wanna live in England? That's fucking tough I'm sick and tired of this redneck wonderland Most you stay silent and I can't understand I just can't understand It's time for you to wake up This country needs a fucking shake up Wake up These cunts need a shake up Wake up This country needs a fucking shake up Wake up These cunts need a shake up Wake up This country needs a fucking shake up Wake up These cunts need a shake up Wake up This country needs a fucking shake up Wake up Who were the herd? They were formed in Sydney around the end of the 90s, had a Triple J hit with their first single in 2001 and got particularly noticed in the live arena. They rapped in Australian accents and were key players in what was dubbed Aussie Hip Hop. There were three MCs in the group as well as a couple of producers but they also used their fair share of live instruments as well. Of hip hop bands at the time, it's fair to say the herd crossed over to listeners who were accustomed to rock or punk a bit more than most of their contemporaries. The track 77% came from their second album, An Elephant Never Forgets, released on CD in February 2003 by the independent label Elephant Tracks. The bass line during the main part of the song, whilst played live on the recording, had been a staple in hip-hop. Famously, it was sampled in Eric B. and Rakim's 1987 hit, Paid in Full. Start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did Originally the bass line came from soul singer Dennis Edwards's Don't Look Any Further It's been used other times too, and it's a killer baseline. The herd member out front on 77% goes by the name Ozzy Battler. We know this because in the third line he announces, I fucking hate myself, take Ozzy from my name. The narrator of this track is in some pub, staring into his beer with dark stuff running through his head. Many of his fellow drinkers in the pub are statistically likely to be among the 77%. When he leaves the pub, it's likely he'll see more of them. He feels under siege and he is pissed off. And then there's that chorus. This country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up. These cunts need a shake up. Wake up. This country needs a fucking shake up. Wake up. These cunts need a shake up. Nowadays, the C word is getting almost mainstream. It seems that every edgy Australian TV show drops it at least once per episode. But in 2003, it was still rare to hear it over the airwaves. This song employs the C word as a weapon. Bang. Suddenly you're awake, if you weren't already. The listener is now engaged with the song even if they don't like it. It's a hook that once heard is hard to forget. Aussie Battler, the rapper, was not an Aussie Battler in the way that term was employed in the early millennium. The term was more widely heard as Howard's Battlers. The original colloquial term, Aussie Battler, has been around for a century and was mostly used to describe someone from the working classes scraping by, making do and with a strong anti-authority streak. 
Following the 1996 election, when 13 years of Labor federal government was trounced by John Howard's Liberals, the term Howard Battler was employed to describe a type of suburban, often ex-Labor voter, who felt left behind by the past two decades. It was now removed from any class consciousness. Howard's Battlers is a neat construct that avoided nuance, but it got said so much that it seemed to become a reality. They were perceived as having a real stick up their ass about multiculturalism, immigration, Aboriginal rights, welfare recipients, feminism, republicanism, environmentalism, and in fact, change of just about any description. A Liberal Party briefing from before they gained government marked out some territory, referring to a situation where, quote, Insecurity replaced certainty as people came to feel they had lost their way and their sense of direction. Taught to be ashamed of their past, apprehensive about their future, pessimistic about their ability to control their own lives, let alone their ability to shape the character of their nation as a whole. Many came to see change as being in control of them, instead of them being in control of change. A self-described battler, an ex-Liberal Party member, even made it as an independent into Parliament in 1996. We now have a situation where a type of reverse racism is applied to mainstream Australians by those who promote political correctness and those who control the various taxpayer-funded industries that flourish in our society, serving Aboriginals, multiculturalists, and a host of other minority groups. I believe we are in danger of being swamped by Asians. They have their own culture and religion, form ghettos and do not assimilate. Of course I will be called racist, but if I can invite who I want into my home, then I should have the right to have a say in who comes into my country. It was a period that is often called the culture wars, and Howard drove the agenda, wanting a society, quote, comfortable and relaxed about its history and symbolically realigning itself with the Anglosphere. So that's some of the background, but the real trigger behind 77% was this. On August 26, 2001, a Norwegian cargo ship, the MV Tampa, was off the northwestern coast of Australia when it received an alert that a fishing boat, overcrowded with some 438 people, mainly refugees from Afghanistan, was sinking in nearby waters. The people were rescued, but then the trouble began. The federal government ordered the ship's captain not to bring the refugees into Australian waters. This was tricky because as a signatory of the UN's Convention on the Status of Refugees, Australia was legally obliged to process claims for refugee status. Eventually they allowed the refugees to be detained on the territory of Christmas Island, which was technically a part of Australia, was removed from the migration zone simply so that refugees could be detained there. A refusal to allow refugees to reach Australian mainland now became a political cause. Certainly the impetus behind the angst of 77%'s main character was the overwhelming support this anti-refugee sentiment received from the Australian populace. Survey after survey showed this support, and some of it was more emphatic than the figure of 77% approval. Hey, evil. 
on your take, people. Lock them up forever on some brute, lethal. Fear campaign, bureaucratic mental bricks of rhetoric and blame, blame. For the folks off the boat seeking freedom from strikes and human rights Why else would they be risking their life? All I know is it's outrageous We're courageous Sons and daughters crossing waters now living in cages For ages waiting while we conversating Arguing, debating on what's a real Australian Or who's just faking or not assimilating more Who's on the roof hunger striking to their life aboard While circle goes berserker with their pepper spray Politicking politicians wishing it would go away But the issue's the same as long as people do And held hostage by attitudes We all vote people in less indigenous group Many of them still treated like refugees on their own land Interventions Down under and underhand It ain't just here We know it's many places True. Plenty worse Serving up a racist matrix Claiming case review on an individual basis Feeding prison CEO individual pay slips As days rip to gears on the calendar Tension builds and builds till Christmas becomes a attica So add it up We got enough space here to house a bit more action, compassion, and less tears before the overseers equating life with the lotto. Indiscriminate, indeterminate, incommunicado be the motto of the policy employed. But that ain't good enough for our future to be enjoyed. How about we take people, welcome them like we would want next. Sequel, balance like the equinox. The truth is lethal for the ones who want it caged up. Placed behind barbed wire, wired up with that same old... Two weeks after the Tampa crisis came the September 11 terror attacks in the United States. Now the surge in sentiment to keep people out, particularly those from the Middle East, went into overdrive. Australia under Howard appropriated the 9-11 attacks like few other places outside the USA. The support for the US was unambiguous, bordering on obsequious. Luckily for Howard and the Liberal government, there was an election due. They faced a somewhat bewildered Labour opposition who only a few months earlier had been favoured to take government. Labour did not dare oppose the popular border protection rhetoric. On election eve, under the headline, quote, which Australian candidate has the heart of heart, unquote, the New York Times quoted academic Catherine Lumby as saying, the difference between them is the difference between Omo and Rinso. Both are running on the promise they'll keep Australia whiter. We will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. Howard's Liberal government was returned comfortably. You're not even from here in the first place. And those you are, you want a further debate. That lyric from 77% references the ongoing colonial project of White Australia. White Australia's sensitivities about the dispossession of First Nations people and their ongoing inequalities had long been on display, but Howard, the conservative media and the 77% really ramped it up in the late 90s. This was partly due to the unleashed conservative ideology running through the country, which saw an increase in whinging about supposed special treatment bestowed on Indigenous people. But one real catalyst for white fear was the High Court's weak judgment at the end of 1996. The court's decision followed a rights to land case brought by the Wick people of Northern Queensland. Four years earlier, the Mabo decision had allowed that traditional custodians could lay claim to areas where they could prove unbroken occupation from the time before British invasion. This decision finally ended the concept of terra nullius, that is, the idea that the continent was unoccupied when the British arrived and that therefore they had not dispersed anyone when they took over. With that notion now legally declared null and void, there was a chance that Indigenous people could get some real land rights. 
But the Native Title Act, which soon followed, was compromised from the word go. It held that Native Title claims could only be made on Crown land. In other words, if white people had set up shops somewhere at any time, then that area could not have a Native Title claim made on it. Indigenous activist Gary Foley said, quote, The political process that created the Native Title Act resulted in flawed legislation that has frustrated the raised expectations of Aboriginal people and simultaneously generated a significant white backlash, which has seen the emergence of extremist views such as those of Pauline Hanson. End quote. The Wick decision, however, looked promising because the court ruled that native title and pastoral leases could exist at the same time. But Howard and friends stoked the white fear. Mabo to me is ultimately as bad as I see it to be because of its potential to destroy our society. The economic and political future of Australia has been put at risk and our territorial integrity is under threat. It's not every only every lease, it's every property in Australia that could be at risk. For nearly two years, a series of parliamentary amendments known as the Ten Point Plan watered down the weak judgment and the Native Title Act significantly. The pendulum has swung too far in one direction, particularly after the WIC decision, and what I have done with this legislation is to bring it back to the middle. No white person's backyard was taken. Talk back, squawking hacks, won't relax until Jonesy's harmonic and laws are all acts. Well, if anything, that section of the rap is actually more relevant today than it was 20 years ago. The talkback squawking continues unabashed. What's more, it's now propelled by late-night cable TV editorialising and the social media juggernaut. Well, I've yelled my lungs out, but to no avail. Well, I've yelled my lungs out. For the character in 77%, and for many others, the early 2000s were a really tough time. Within a month of the song's release in early 2003, it got even worse when Australia went to war with Iraq as part of the Coalition of the Willing. Howard's culture war got even more animated as the Anzac myth, which had been getting a real boost in the last few years, now got a fresh battlefield. Howard easily won his fourth election in 2004. The Herd went on to release another three albums and band members released many solo projects. Commercially, they peaked with 2008's top 10 album Summerland. Earlier, they had a near hit when they dipped further into the Australian protest song tradition by joining with Red Gum's John Schumann for a take on the latter's 1983 song, I Was Only 19. So please can you tell me, doctor, why I can't get to sleep, I can't hardly eat, and the sound of the Channel 7 chopper still chills me to my feet, still fills my grief. What's this rash that comes and goes like the dreams? Can you tell me what that means? God help me. They've never officially broken up, but have been inactive for the last few years. In the throes of dust above my head, in the wreckage of these thoughts, see me climbing up a thousand stairs, and 
Australian hip-hop has really diversified in the years since The Herd. This has included many musicians from refugee backgrounds. The increase in African immigration has been influential in Australian music generally, and the Zambian-born Sampa Tembo, better known as Sampa the Great, won an aria for this one in 2019. The lace lady traveled with grace, baby. I can't afford to cover the course, of course, maybe settle that one in court, cause judging by the basics, y'all already comfortable stuck up in the matrix. Shit is basic, patch credentials But I understand your favorite rapper peep my gold potential I'm out of shame, been past it Trying to fit a circle cause I don't know how to act shit Half of y'all is steady, insecure, don't try to backflip Just because the seasoning and flow's already active Only four years, fantastic Young veteran, new classic Nah, knock the walls off Fuck the whole key, we gon' hinge the whole door off I'm still AD, never forget it It's life after death Roll the credits. Credit my maker, take a trip to see Jamaica. Molly spirit with the vapor back design. That's the nature. Africa, the new America. I hope I run this permanent. And this I put my pen in it. Got my land and my permit with it. Bone on my bone, flesh of my flesh. Weightness in me, you can't make me feel less. Less hold. I'm not impressed. Best smoke on my afro like an impress. Great state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Great state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Great state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Great state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Indigenous hip-hop is a real force. Two artists we will look at title their songs after two of the big days in the mainstream Australian calendar. AB Originals January 26 laid out a First Nations response to what is otherwise known as Australia Day. It was a Triple J favourite in 2016 and influenced the station in its move to change the date for their Hottest 100 broadcast away from Invasion Day. Call that Australia Day! I said, how about March 8th? That's a good one. And we can do it on your nails grave. We can piss up, piss on his face. Get rid of and burn out like Mark Skate. <laughs> the screaming love or the leave it. I got more reason to be a riff. You can believe it. Want to salute the constitutional. Who's underneath it? Turn that flag to a noose. Put a cease to your breathing. I can't get on my whip. I get a ticket fed out. I get a DWB. And that's a driver must break. I turn the other cheek. I get a knife on my back. And I tell them it hurts. They say I overreact. So fuck that. Thing to me. 
break the heretic. Anytime outside Jan 26. That's the day for them suckers doing that sucker shit. That's that land taking flag waving attitude. Got this new captain cook dance to show you how to move. How you wanna raise a flag with a rifle that make us wanna celebrate anything but survival? Nah, you watching telly for the bachelor, but wouldn't read a book about a fuckload of massacres? I remember all the blood of my characters. They remember 20 recipes for lamingtons. Yeah, their ancestors got a boat ride. Both minds saw them coming until they both died. Fuck celebrating days made of misery. Why I still got the black history? And that turtle get you banned from the parliament. If you ain't having a conversation, well then we starting it. And then there is the track April 25th by Ziggy Ramo. He boldly confronts the hushed tones offered for Anzac Day. There is a reminder inherent in this song that the first war White Australia fought happened not in a faraway land but on a nearby frontier. And why are the First Nations defenders not offered the same solemn remembrance? How fucked up is that? We pick and choose our history, we rearrange the facts. We fought for a country that didn't see us as human. Fast forward 50 years, we still seen as nuisance. We didn't know our place as a second race, second rate opportunities. I should be grateful for, but what for a country that constantly chooses to ignore? 50,000 years of history before you hit our shores. If you hold your heart for the Anzacs, you accept the history, both white and black. We can take it back. We can take it back. Meanwhile, Barker's 2020 track Our Lives Matter lays out the all-too-real reality for people of colour in their encounters with law enforcement. So you gonna shoot a brother in the back? Black mother at her doorstep Impale a brother on a tall fence Another brother shakes till he got no life left Take the body bag to the mish No respect, gunji bulls don't give a shit The young fellas get chased into the river And their bodies turn up and they float them like ships Burnt in the back till his body turned crisp Blamed for the rape cause she put liquor to her lips He's bashed in the pack, he got broken in the bits He's got his hands up, he's innocent, he didn't do it Why my people gotta die? Ain't shit changed since we've been colonised We want land rights, but there's no treaty inside And we still gotta fight cause coppers can't take lives I'm sick of it Sick of being traumatised, scrolling down my timeline Till we lost another life, that's ridiculous I wanna heal as a nation, but these ignorant dummies Got me losing my patience, but we still fight huh? Hold your feet, son The issue of refugees and asylum seekers, along with environmentalism Has probably been the big political issue of 21st century Australia The military have been used to turn back boats, and Pacific nations such as Nauru and Papua New Guinea have been paid to detain asylum seekers on Australia's behalf. Many have suffered terribly whilst in detention. 
Many people have been detained for years with no clear timeline as to the processing of their applications. And since 2013, no asylum seeker who has come by boat has been allowed to settle in Australia, regardless of their application. The period in which 77% is situated brought to the fore some realities about Australia. Some of them very old tropes which, frankly, some people had thought were dead and buried. There were some echoes of the old white Australia policy. A fear of the other. A fear of invasion. Except, of course, for the original British boat invasion of 1788. That one was okay. But fear of invasion has never ceased to lurk as a threat in the national collective unconscious. Formerly, you know, the White Australia policy went years ago. But what we've never really recognised is from the Australian mind, from our politicians, uh, even from our policies, it's never really gone. Uh, we simply don't want to talk about it because it's very embarrassing. But the fact is, it's still there. Australians are still afraid all our lives, we've lived in fear that these large populations will come to the land of milk and honey and inundate our peoples. And until we really recognise it and come to terms with it, we can't deal with it. We'll end this episode now with a track released in late 2021 by composer Kana Wilkins in collaboration with Jalal Mahamed, a poet and artist who recorded this in his ninth year of detention. He's originally from the Awasi Arab community in Iran and tried to reach Australia by boat in 2013. The album was recorded remotely via Zoom and FaceTime. Everyone's voices are taken. Everyone's breath smells. It seems that the sounds are heard from the depths of the deep well. All eyes are on the black galaxy. It seems that the heads are separated from the bodies and they have been through away. They have rolled in the dust and mud. The hands are separated and tied in a chain of injustice and each food has chosen a different path to walk. The body is numb and doesn't solve anything. All screams hit the wall and they hit our mouth like a fist. This is not fantasy, this is reality. And the day you came, you made a salt with your hands for this tired heart. You polished my voice with your voice. You caressed my hands. You gave breath to this nearly dead body. Invite me from the darkness of the galaxy to the bright and warm lantern of your heart. I know that all of me is still in prison. And the way to reach you is through a wall 
of hatred of those who live in your neighborhood, but you will save this body as well. that was Kena Wilkins and Joel Mahamidi. You'll find a playlist of all the music in this episode in the show notes. We'd like to give special thanks to Eastside Radio, 89.7 FM. You can contact us via email at theintersection at eastsidefm.org. And don't forget to follow The Intersection on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Just search The Intersection underscore Eastside FM. The intersection was recorded on Gadigal land. Sovereignty never ceded.